Hey everybody, it's Charlie James. Welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. Please, please, please download, subscribe, click, link on, tell your friends about everything that you do to a podcast. I would like you to do that with this one if you don't mind. And don't forget, join me each weekday, uh, 3 to 7, on News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Also send an, uh, an email to me, charlie at 98.9 WORD.com. I'd love to hear from you, certainly. So today, Jack Smith announced another four indictments against Donald Trump. Four more indictments. All told, if Donald Trump is prosecuted, convicted, and sent to jail, it could be for over 500 years. 500. Now, it's pretty obvious that the Biden administration has weaponized all of our intelligence agencies against their number one political opponent, Donald Trump. There is not a single poll out there that does not have Donald Trump as the front runner in the Republican primaries. Not one. It's not even close, really. Well, the folks on the left, the Democrats, the intelligence community, want to make sure that Donald Trump is never, ever elected president. Thus, all of these indictments. We've got uh, Manhattan. We've got the state of New York. We've got Jack Smith and his investigation. And then, of course, we've got the possible indictments to come in Fulton County. These indictments are all designed to do one thing and one thing only. Make sure, like I said, that Donald Trump never again sits behind the Resolute Desk. So a lot of people on my show today, and myself included, we're actually talking about how we have now really and truly turned into a banana republic. And we all know what that means. We all have a sense of what that means. But it's really very appropriate in this case. You see, the term banana republic was actually used in 1901 in a book by O. Henry. The book, it was actually a short story uh, that he later adapted for use in his book, Cabbages and Kings, according to Britannia. Henry describes a fictional country called Anchuria. He said, this small maritime banana republic, and the book was based on his experience in Honduras, where he lived for several months in the 1890s. But the whole concept of the banana republic actually goes back to 1890, when Lorenzo Dow Baker introduced bananas that he bought in Jamaica to the United States. And he created a huge demand for this through marketing. And then he established the United Fruit Company. Well, the United Fruit Company uh, took over a major proportion of the market there at the turn of the 20th century. In fact, United Fruit Company had banana plantations in many Central and South American countries. And just to give you an example of how they operated, we have to go to Guatemala right there in the 1950s. There was this guy that was democratically elected as the president of Guatemala, Jacobo Arbenz. Well, he focused on major social reforms, which included nationalizing uncultivated land and distributing, uh, distributing that to landless workers for cultivation. Well, these reforms were a significant threat to United Fruit Company, okay? So what happened? What did the United Fruit Company do in order to hedge their bets? Remember, this was 1950. 
We all know what was going on in the United States in 1950. We all know that the communist scare was rampant. Well, the newly formed CIA was looking for communists everywhere they could find it. So United Fruit Company, well, they got in touch with the CIA and they said, hey, we've got a communist regime down here in Guatemala. We need your help. Well, the CIA said, communist, you've got our help. And thus, Orbenz was ousted in 1954 by a CIA-led group called Operation Success, and he was replaced with a pro-business leader. Now, guess who picked this pro-business leader? That's right, United Fruit Company. They picked this leader. They were the ones. So instead of paying tariffs, instead of paying taxes, instead of paying money to the Guatemalan president or the Guatemalan government, they decided to just install their own government and pay that person to stay out of their business. And that's exactly what they did. In fact, U.S. government-backed military rulers led Guatemala until 1996. That's how long that lasted. So that's why we call it a banana republic. You've got these special interests like United Fruit Company. They don't want to give money to the government, so instead, they install their own government, and that government, well, they take care of any of your adversaries. Anyone who threatens you, they take care of. They jail them. They make them simply disappear. They do things, oh, so nefariously. That's why we are comparing what is going on with Jack Smith to a banana republic, because that is exactly what it is. If you look at the tactics that were used in these banana republics by uh, the likes of United Fruit Company, and you compare them to what the Biden administration is actually doing with the weaponized CIA and FBI and IRS, well, the parallels are striking. It seems like they have taken the exact same approach, even accusing their main political rival of being a communist. I think we all remember that. A few minutes ago, I told you about how United Fruit Company was having some trouble in Guatemala with their newly, uh, duly democratically elected president who wanted to um, instill some social reforms in his country. So the United Fruit Company came up with an idea. They called the CIA and they told them that the Russians were taking over Guatemala. The communists were there. Well, the newly formed CIA decided they were going to spring into action and put down this red threat. So they went down to Guatemala. And what did they do? They did a coup and put their government, the hand-picked government of the United Fruit Company, in office. Now, how does that compare with today? Well, if you look back at the 2016 election, even before the 2016 election and after, during Donald Trump's presidency, what did we hear every single night and day on the networks and CNN and MSNBC? Trump is a Russian asset. Trump is a Russian asset. 
So therefore, he must be just like the duly elected president of Guatemala. He must be replaced. He's got to be replaced. So what did they do? They made sure he was. And not only did they make sure that he was replaced, they're now making sure that he will never hold office again. I think you all remember the way the media treated Donald Trump and these unbelievable allegations. Here's Morning Joe. Are you now or have you ever worked for Russia, Mr. President? I think it's the most insulting thing I've ever been asked. I think it's the most insulting article I've ever had written. Uh, and if you read the article, you'd see that they found absolutely nothing. But the, the headline of that article is called The Failing New York Times for a Reason. They've gotten me wrong for three years. They've actually gotten me wrong for many years before that. Now, he didn't say there is nothing. Nope. He said... They found nothing as if there were something to find. And yeah. it's very interesting. The Associated Press reporting this morning that White House aides are beyond themselves. Uh, that, Mika, that the president of the United States did not deny uh, that he actually had been an agent working with no, Russia. It's really a rough. It went on forever. Even Hillary Clinton said that the Russians interfered in our elections. And how many times did the Democrats always say that Trump was illegitimate? It's part of the plan. Everybody was in on the plan. Stephen Colbert was in on the plan. Jimmy Fallon was in on the plan. Jimmy Kimmel was in on the plan. Everybody was in on the plan. Hit Trump with Russia. Where did that plan come from? It came from John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's advisor. We found out that in a... Uh, Hillary Clinton email that was dropped from WikiLeaks that John Podesta told Hillary that the key to this campaign was Russia, Russia, Russia. Keep hitting on Russia. So what did the Hillary Clinton campaign do? They hired Christopher Steele to compile a dossier on Donald Trump talking about his ties to Russia, even claiming that Trump went over to Russia with uh, some Russian hooker and had her urinate on him. The P-tapes, they call it. Nobody ever saw those because they don't exist. In fact, everything about the Steele dossier was fake, but that didn't matter. The fix was in to get Donald Trump by any means necessary. So what did they do? Well, much like the United Fruit Company did, in 1950s, the CIA got involved. The intelligence community, they got involved. They knew the Steele dossier was fake. They knew it was paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign. They knew there wasn't a shred of evidence that was true in that dossier. But what did they do? Did they come out and tell the American people, no, 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 American people, this dossier, there is no truth to it? No. Did Jim Comey at the FBI come out and tell people that the dossier was fake and untrue? No, he didn't even tell that to the president of the United States, Donald Trump. The only thing, by his own admission, he told Donald Trump that there was a dossier compiled against him. He failed to mention who actually bought and paid for that dossier, which was the Hillary Clinton campaign. And why not? These people were all in on the fix. Get Donald Trump no matter what it takes, even if we lose our integrity, even if we have to lie, cheat, and steal, get Donald Trump. But Donald Trump was elected. It didn't stop.
It continued. But this time, Donald Trump got a little too close to Ukraine. In a phone call, Donald Trump told Zelensky that he had uh, had some insight into some corruption that was going on in Ukraine, and maybe he should look into it. Well, there was a guy named Lieutenant Colonel Vindman who uh, monitored this call and said this was against national policy. Now, what Lieutenant Colonel Vindman failed to understand that the president cannot violate national policy because the president is national policy. But that didn't matter to Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, who was born in Ukraine and who was actually offered the, Ukraine, uh, the position of Ukrainian Minister of Defense not once, but twice. So they impeached Donald Trump for that phone call. But now we know why Donald Trump had to be impeached because of that phone call, because of Joe Biden's ties to Hunter Biden, being his father, and Burisma. Who do you think it was that contacted the Obama administration and said, hey, we got a lot of heat coming on over here. You guys need to get this prosecutor fired. That's why Joe Biden went to Ukraine, said he had a a billion dollar check and he was gone. He wasn't going to give it to him unless they fired the prosecutor Shokin and son of a bitch. They fired him. His words, not mine. That's why they had to get Donald Trump. And they know that if Donald Trump gets back in office, these investigations in Ukraine are going to continue. So that is where we are right now. That is why Jack Smith and everyone over on the left is knocking themselves out to drum up any, any charges against Donald Trump that they could even dream of. That's why we're seeing all of these indictments that are coming in left and right. The last series of indictments by Jack Smith could put Donald Trump in jail for 460 years. Imagine that. 460 years. How do you fight against that? How do you fight against a corrupt government that has weaponized everybody in the intelligence community? Even Chuck Schumer said... The intelligence community has six ways to Sunday of getting back at you. Well, that's exactly what's going on right now. They are getting back at Donald Trump. And they're doing it to protect Hunter Biden and ultimately Joe Biden. We found out how many lies that Joe Biden has told when Devin Archer uh, testified this week that, yes, Joe Biden was interested and involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings, even making phone calls to his business partners. Oh, they never discuss business, they said, but they didn't have to. He wasn't there to sell the business. He was there to sell the brand. Joe Biden is the brand. And what what Hunter Biden was trying to prove at these dinners was, hey, all I got to do is pick up this phone and I got the vice president online. That's all I got to do. Here we go. Want to see? Beep, beep, beep. There it is. Hey, Dad. Hey, Hunter. How you doing? Just having dinner with some guys. Why don't you say hey to them? Hi, guys. How are you? Thanks, Dad. Talk soon. See, guys? See how easy it is for me to get in touch with the Vice President of the United States? Imagine what I can do for you. That's what it's all about. The real corruption, the real person who doesn't, who needs to be indicted isn't Donald Trump. The real people that need to be indicted are Hunter and Joe Biden, all the Biden clan, the Biden crime family. 
They are in corruption up to their eyeballs, every single one of them. And the mainstream media is more than willing to just completely overlook everything that they're doing. Everything. Because if they don't, then maybe their reputation is at stake. We've got to protect Joe Biden because it was, after all, it was us, the media, that told everybody that Donald Trump was bad, that told everybody that Donald Trump was a Russian asset, that told everybody that Donald Trump blah, blah, blah. And if we allow these Republicans to get any dirt on Joe Biden, well, that's just going to make us look bad and lose what little credibility we still have, which isn't much. So, yes, when you talk about a banana republic, when you talk about going after your political opponents, when you talk about people like George Soros, who is paying a, a, a ton of money to get secretaries of state and attorneys general in place so that they can handle this dirty work. That's how it's done. So, yes, you are exactly right. We are in a banana republic. And Joe Biden is the top banana. This is the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. I appreciate you spending time with me.